You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man, Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well, guys. And we are at a stage now that things have calmed down just a little bit. But guys, it's the NFL. Stuff is always happening, and we're always looking and seeing what's going on around the league. And Baldy, I think there are, I don't know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven teams specifically in the loaded AFC that have a real chance to make a Super Bowl. And when I use, you know, seven or eight teams, I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. So I want to talk a little bit about this, Baldy, because we talked about it before free agency and the draft, and now all that's played out. And I don't know if your opinion has changed with any of this. Do you believe the Chiefs are still the best team? And, and, you know, in the AFC, is anyone come close to the Chiefs right now? No, no. Right now, they're out front. Because of what they have done, who they have, who the coach is, I mean, they're going for their eighth straight division title. I mean, they're the, they're the New England Patriots right now. Mm. They're going for their eighth. So you go, okay, you know, we thought the AFC West was just going to be loaded last year, and, you know, here's Devontae Adams coming, and here's Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert's in his third year, all this stuff, and nothing changed. Nothing. They they ran right through that division. The, the, the Chargers off uh, – Chargers couldn't run the ball at all. Defense was horrible at times. I mean, Russell Wilson was a disaster. Uh, you know, coaching change, one one and done for Nathaniel Hackett. Um, the Raiders were as disappointing a team as there was in football last year. Uh, they had the rushing champion in Josh Jacobs, and you couldn't really point, and Max Crosby continued to elevate. But outside of that, there wasn't really much to talk about. Uh, so – they're out front in their own division. Everybody's looking up at them. I don't know that anybody closed the gap on them. And so when you win the division and you're going to have a good record, I don't know if they're going to be the number one seed, but they're going to have a good enough record, um, you know, to have a home playoff game. And, you know, going to Arrowhead, like, look, teams have gone there. Cincinnati went there one, two years ago. You can knock them off there. It's not invincible, but it certainly is a whole lot better playing at home, whether it's the first round or – second round if buy or not buy, um, you know, for the Chiefs. So, you know, they, they have a two-game postseason to the Super Bowl or a three-game postseason to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's kind of what their season is. If they finish 12-5 and five or 14-3, and three, I don't even think it's going to make a difference. They're going to win the division, and then they go from there. They know it's all about the postseason. Baldy, who's the biggest threat, though, for them? Is it Bills? Is it still Bengals? Is it Jacksonville who went in there and played really well, although they're young but talented? 
Is it the Ravens now that they've got all this, you know, situated with Lamar and Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers? Who is the team that's the threat to the Chiefs in the AFC that we think, hey, we've got a bunch of teams that are, are contenders? Well, uh, I would say Cincinnati. I mean, just the Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes matchup. You know, it's going to be Brady and, and Manning, you know, for the next decade. They're going to find a way to get those guys playing against each other every year. You have to. It's just, just, it's just too entertaining. The level of play is just too good. Um, Cincinnati, look, they lost their safeties, but, you know, Luana Rumo and what they did in the draft, they drafted Dax Hill the year before. They knew they were going to lose. They knew they were going to lose Jesse Bates eventually. They just weren't going to pay him what other teams were willing to pay him. So, but they, they've been planning for it. They, they've gotten a whole lot smarter as an organization. Mm. And um, did they overpay for Zeus to protect Joe Burrow? Well, if Joe Burrow is better protected and lines up for 17 weeks, um, even if Zeus struggles at times, like if he lines up for 17 and they're in the playoffs, he did his job. You know, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Is can, can we get Joe Burrow 17 starts and get to the postseason? I think they're still the best challenge because they do present some, some different things defensively that gives the Chiefs difficulties and problems. And so uh, I think that's probably the number one. We got to see if Buffalo is still climbing or did they plateau last year? We don't, we don't really know. You know, we don't know what the Jets are going to be. We go through all these teams. Um, if you say Baltimore and everybody was like, well, they got Lamar's got all these weapons. All right, great. Let's see how they use them. <laughs> because we haven't seen it. Like I see him throw to Mark Andrews. I haven't seen him really throw to anybody else. Like I know Odell is a highly competitive guy. Highly competitive. And he's smart. And so, but he hasn't played in two years, Carl. Come right. on. I mean, like, right. I don't know what he's going to be. Like, I know he's not what we saw in 2014 and 15. I know he's not that guy. I don't know what he's going to Zay Flowers is, you know, we got to see. Rookie receivers, do they need a redshirt year? Do they figure it out right away? What does the new offense coordinator do? How, how's this offense going to look? Are they really going to say that Lamar's not going to run it as much as he did? Like, I don't believe that yet. But so there's a lot of questions in a lot of these teams. In Baltimore, there's a lot of questions, Carl. Baldy, who let, – let, let's take a look at the bottom half of these standings, just based on what we know from last year. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, it's in the huddle, guys. We talk all things NFL. Subscribe, like us. We put new episodes out on Tuesday, Thursdays. And uh, if something happens, obviously we jump on and we talk about it. But bottom feeders, okay, just AFC. We're in the AFC right now, guys. Chiefs, still the team to beat. Bills, Bengals, right there. Are they going to compete to beat them? We'll see. Um, the Broncos and the Browns, and I'm just looking at the standings. They were the bottom feeders last year, right? How much of a jump are they going to take? How much of a jump with Sean Payton with the Broncos – and a, a healthy Deshaun Watson, a full offseason with Nick Chubb in the backfield. H how much of a jump are they going to take? Because here's the thing, Baldy, you know as well as I do, some of these teams we're talking about are going to fall, and some of these teams are going to rise. If you were to ask me right now, I would think the Broncos and the Browns would be two of those teams. I don't expect a lot from the Colts or the Texans. I still think they'll be you know, having a top-10 pick at the end of next season when we get back to the spring. But the Browns, that's a playoff-loaded team. 
that had quarterback issues and the Broncos. I don't know what the hell happened, but Sean Payton, his track record tells me they're going to be a better team. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both those teams. I think, like, if I start with Cleveland, I mean, Deshaun Watson, like, I, I, I heard some of the things he said before. You know, he took over against Houston in week 11 or 12 or whatever it was last year. And he's like, it's like riding a bike. And I'm like, no, it's not like riding a bike, Deshaun. This is – it's not. I mean, riding a bike, we all remember how to do that. Um, two years away from the football field on a new team in a new system, a new way of doing things, there was a lot of rust. But I but I, I feel like the past, I don't know if it's ever going to completely go away, Carl. Like, it's, it, there's a stain there. It's, it's pretty severe. But as far as being able to go play quarterback, he should get back to his ways this year. And they just picked up Zedarius Smith. They picked up Oko, Okoronkwo. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson to go with Miles Garrett. They, they were awful uh, in parts of their defense last year. Their secondary could be amongst the best. Nick Chubb, I just saw him squat 650 pounds, Carl. I don't know how he does it, but he's a freak. Like he's a, he's 230 pounds. He's a freak. Like if there's one place that knows what a freak looks like at running back, it's Cleveland. You know, you know, from the days of Jim Brown to Nick Chubb, that's a pretty good. It's a, and a lot of guys in between. Pretty good idea that Brown fans and the Browns know what a good running back, a star running back looks like. They should be very good, Carl. Like, I don't think that Cincinnati, they played week one, Cincinnati, Cleveland. I mean, I think Cleveland's going to beat them. So I think they're, they're going to be right there. They're going to be right there in that division. And I don't know, maybe it's just everybody's going to, and I think Pittsburgh's going to be good, really good. That division is going to be – that could be the toughest division in football. And then I just watched Sean Payton. I've known Sean since he was with Ray Rose in Philadelphia, 19 – I don't know, 95, 96, whatever it was. I mean, I've seen Sean from the beginning. Like, that guy knows how to put an offense together. Yeah. Like, whatever Russell Wilson was last year, Sean Payton is going to mold him, guide him, coach him, and – Get the best out of them, whatever that is. Like, I think we're going to see a market improvement offensively, what they do. So, and defensively, they've been very good. So, I think both those teams take a big jump this year. What, are they playoff teams? I don't know. They, You know, they're looking up at really good teams at the top of their divisions. Um, you know, can the, the AFC West and the AFC North, can they get two teams into the playoffs? Probably. Probably both can get two. Maybe one of them gets three. I don't know. But I think both teams could get two in, and certainly they're capable of doing it. Yeah, Baldy, it's – and I'm with you about playoffs. I mean, that's that's tough, especially with knowing that the Chiefs have owned that division. So the Broncos would have to win 10 or more games, in my opinion, to have an opportunity to get in, even though playoffs have expanded. But I just expect them to be better, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Browns and the Broncos. As we're talking about, guys, basically – just a, a look at the loaded AFC and, and how this may shape out. And we'll see as we get to camp and all of that stuff, what changes. But right now, this is where we're at. And, you know, everybody expects the Jets to take that next step. It's a seven-win football team. How many wins do they need to get? You know, are they going to win four more games this year with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback? I think that's the the, the presumption, right, that, that they're going to win 11 games. Well, you know, look, they were seven and four when they beat the Chicago Bears at home last year. They went to 7-4. and four. First time they had seven wins since, like, 2015. 
Um, and they didn't win another game. The quarterback play was just atrocious. Sure. But they they were got to seven and four. They had beaten Buffalo in one of their best wins that they've had in recent. That was a, a good Buffalo team, but they they ran the ball down their throats at the end of the game. They played keep away from Josh Allen. They took the ball away from Josh Allen. Um, Quinn Williams was just an absolute force. And that was without, you know, basically playing without a quarterback. So they're going to be better, Carl. But the Dolphins are going to be better. Yeah. They're just going to be better. Like, we can't, nobody can have a conversation about the AFC and the playoff picture without talking about both the Jets and uh, the Dolphins at this point. You just can't do it. And I don't know what the Patriots are. We don't think they're anything like they had been with Tom Brady. But defensively, they're going to be a very good football team. They got themselves a great corner. They had a great system. They've got, you know, some really star defensive players. We got to see what the offense is going to look like. It looks pedestrian to me. But, you know, this Dolphins team, Vic Fangio makes a difference. In two different places, Carl, in two, two different stops in this league, Chicago and San Francisco, his defenses have led the league in takeaways. Yeah. Now, you you look at what Jalen Phillips is going to be this year. That guy is going to break out. Like, he's going to be a breakout. Javon Holland, we'll see what Chubb looks like. Christian Wilkins, you know, they, they rebuilt the linebacking core. Jalen Ramsey, like, like, they should be a top five defense if they stay healthy. They should be top five. And if Tua stays, if he can stay healthy, fingers crossed, like, gosh, that, that, that offense should be dynamic again. So – and then I, I'm going to be at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, I think, has been there every day, Carl. Like, he's yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, he's bonding with these young guys. I didn't know that he could do that, if he was going to do that. But he's with Sauce. He's with these Garrett Wilson. He's Like, Garrett Wilson is going to remind him of Devontae Adams. You know, like, that's how he's going to feed him. He's going to remind him because that's what I thought Garrett Wilson was coming out of Ohio State. Like, this is going to be Devontae, the way he – He's just poetry in motion. Like this, it's, I mean, every one of these games are going to be, we said this last year about the AFC West, but I really believe this about the AFC. This is going to be must-see TV and all these matchups every week, Carl. And whether they're the 4 o'clock matchup or the Sunday night matchup or third, like these matchups are, like the eyeballs are going to be on it. We're, we're going to get entertained. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Baldy, let's shift gears and talk about Super Bowl windows and the NFC, okay? Yeah. Last year you had Philadelphia, you had the 49ers, you had the Vikings. We, I didn't believe them. I don't think you believed in them. And it played out that way. But they're still there. Um, Bucks, they're going to drop, but that was a team that was in the playoffs last year. Cowboys, Giants made the playoffs. 
And I'm just thinking about Super Bowl windows, and I just want to, you know, look at this for just a second. So you've got great ownership in Philly. You've got the best GM, I think, right now in Howie Roseman, who's been doing it a long time. And now you have your franchise quarterback locked up who's completely and totally motivated to get back and have another shot. And let's be honest, Baldy, the team is loaded. They've got depth. They've got stars. They've got playmakers. Listen, everybody, I'm not putting the Eagles in the Super Bowl, okay? But I'm telling you, like, their window to get there is now. It started earlier than I think we expected. And, and Baldy, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think over the next five years, and that's that's a long time, because you got to figure that Jalen Hurts comes into his own and they continue to put these pieces around him. But, damn, I think they've got everything to get back to the Super Bowl. So a couple things about that, Carl. Um, one, uh, congratulations, Jalen Hurts. Just graduated. Got a second degree. Incredible. From Oklahoma. Like, the, he's just a special, special person. All right. But I, I talked to one of the star players just yesterday, and he told me they play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City on Monday night after their bye week. They literally play the Cowboys on Sunday night, and they get two weeks to get ready to go to Kansas City. And this player told me that that's like he hasn't stopped thinking about that game. Like, like they that collapse in the second half yeah. against the Chiefs to lose that Super Bowl is a motivating factor for this team. It just is. Now, people used to talk about Super Bowl hangovers. Maybe that's real. We've seen enough evidence over the years, Carl, to, to kind of know that it, it can be. We saw the Rams last year. It, it can be a real Super Bowl hangover. Like, if you lose, win, win sometimes it's just hard. But they are motivated. Um, they can't wait to get to Kansas City on that Monday night. Might be the highest-rated game of the season. They're going to have a good record. Kansas City's going to have a good record. We're all going to watch week 11. And so I'm with you. Like, I I don't see how this team went backwards this year. I know they lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps, some guys. Like, I know that. Um, they're probably not going to bring back Indominus Sue and Linval Joseph, but they drafted Jalen Carter. Right. They drafted, you know, all these guys from, uh, you know, from Georgia. Georgia, like, yeah. They're going to get their chance. They drafted a right guard from Alabama. Uh, they they just picked up DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny at running back. I I, I don't think they went backwards at all this offseason, Carl. Baldy, what about Nick Sirianni losing both coordinators? If you were to ask me, that may be the only question I have because you go from totally trusting these guys, right? One guy's the new Arizona Cardinals head coach, the other guy's in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Now, if you were to say – Okay, that's my only concern with the Eagles. They got the personnel. I like Sirianni. He seems to be the right fit, but you just lost both coordinators. How big of a deal is that? I think it's a big deal, Carl. Now, I don't want to, you know, Sean Desir comes in, run the defense, and Brian Johnson run the offense. Like, they're qualified. So I'm not taking any shots at them. But I, I, I grew up in the Dallas organization where we lost Ditka. We lost Gene Stallings. We lost a lot of really good coaches. And I didn't feel like we replaced them mm. properly. I've all, And since then, I've always said it's more difficult to replace good coaches than it is good players. I agree. Now, we, we, we've got to see this. we got to see. Like, I thought Shane Steichen did an outstanding job building this offense, calling plays. And it really freed up Nick to just be a great game day coach. 
that you just the team they just look organized, Carl. They they don't they don't have 12 men on the field. They don't take stupid penalties. You know, they they call the right timeouts. Like the guy's in charge. Like he's he's really good at his job. But he needs his lieutenants to go do their jobs. And so can he trust, to your point, can he trust his lieutenants to call a similar type game to make the, the necessary adjustments, you know, to fix things on the fly that you got to do some days the way he did before? Because they were all hand-chosen guys that came with them yep. day one. And some of those guys he knew, you know, Shane Steichen, he's known a long time. So I got to – and Jonathan Gannon, he came from Indianapolis with him. So I got to see, to your point, we all got to kind of wait and see, you know, what the, how they do this and how this unfolds because I don't think it's just going to be completely seamless. Baldy, I put out a poll maybe about eh, two, maybe two and a half weeks ago. And the poll was basically based around who is the second best quarterback in the NFC. And it started with Jalen Hurts, okay? And it was funny because people were saying, well, it's uh, it's Jared Goff. It's, it's, uh, it's Gino from, you know, Seattle. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so who is the second and the third and the fourth best quarterback in the NFC? In the AFC – it's loaded. We don't have this issue. You start, you know, Mahomes, Burrow, you just start going down the list. If I asked you that question, who's the second best quarterback in the in the NFC? It's not Trey Lance, right? It's not Brock Purdy. I, I don't buy Kirk Cousins, but a lot of people said in the poll, Kirk Cousins. Dak was a distant fifth or sixth, Baldy. Like, he wasn't considered to be the second best quarterback in the NFC. And then you had guys even choosing Daniel Jones. And I'm like, wow. Now, this, again, was with Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC. Who's the second, third, and fourth best quarterbacks in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts? I think you got a lot of, you know, guys that, you know, Geo Smith had a great season, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions, playoff team, uh, played really, really well. He's got a great supporting cast around him. Uh, you know, Geno's up at the top of the list for sure. Uh, the way that he played, now can he back it up? You know, uh, so you know, it, I think Justin Fields is going to take a big jump this year. Yeah, I, I, I was I was doing a TV show last night with Indomitian and Sue, and he said, and I, I was a little surprised, but he said the most difficult guy to defend in the league is Justin Fields. You know, just mm -hmm. because of his breakout speed, the ability to, to, to get him down to the ground, like, and he had Jalen Hurts. Right there, too. So, Jalen, just I forget it was one and two. But, like, I expect Justin Fields to take a jump this year. I thought he improved in the second half of the season last year. And I think he's going to be, um, you know, a frontline player. I, look, Kirk Cousins is going to put up great numbers every year. He's got maybe the best receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. And he's got a full offseason with TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, they, they should be. They drafted a good receiver. Like they should be. He, he's going to put up good numbers. We just don't believe him because we haven't seen – I mean, look, he, he put up big numbers against the Giants in a playoff loss. But, like, we, we just – we just seen enough to know that he's a 500 quarterback. That's that's what he's been. And, you know, he knows that he's got to win the postseason to break out of that. And so that's where he's at. And so, look, it's just uh, – we're going to see a, a rookie in Carolina this year. We're going to see an unproven guy in Atlanta. I mean, he's going through the whole lineup of, of quarterbacks right now and where we're at, you know, this whole situation. We don't know what's, what's in Washington. Like, there's so much unknown 
So if you say, okay, what's the poll? Like, I, I, it does start with Jalen because he was before the injury in week 15 against Chicago. Like, he was my number one candidate to be the MVP of the league over Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Because he set an NFL record for rushing touchdowns. I mean, on and on and on. Best record, all the stuff that they did. So I, I think he's the benchmark right now. And he takes care of the football and all that stuff. So I don't know. Brock Purdy comes back and he's healthy. Can he be that guy? Mm-hmm. Can Matt Stafford get healthy and be the second best guy? Because, you know, when you win a Super Bowl, you, you can't just dismiss Matt Stafford the way that he played two years ago. But we believe that the Rams are in rebuilding mode. And we got to see if the line can protect. They, the offense line all got injured last year. But if, if they are healthy and Cooper Cup is healthy, like Matt Stafford is a guy that you can say is the second best in this conference right now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle. Speaking of Justin Fields, uh, talk to his dad frequently. I see his dad. And yeah. So last year, he, along, I think it was him, there was about four other guys, Justin, Deshaun Watson, who's also a Georgia boy. Uh, I want to say there was two other quarterbacks, starters in the NFL. Well, Stafford's that, Georgia? Yeah, that were training. Well, no, he's a Dallas kid. He's, yeah, but he, yeah, but he lives here. Yeah. Um, and they were training here um, in Georgia, and they had like a throwing camp. And I'm just bringing this up to talk about your point about Justin taking the jump. This was last year, and he brought some of these wide receivers in from the Bears to be a part of it. And it was one of those kind of – it wasn't undercover, but a lot of people didn't know that it was going on. You know, these guys yeah. are in town working out, not right. a lot of people knew. And the thing is, he worked on his throwing motion. He was working on a lot of stuff, delivery. And he had a lot of wow plays last year, right, Baldy? That was the thing. Like, you turn on the TV, and if he, you, you'd see him break, you know, out of the, the pocket, and then yeah. he'd throw it, and you're like, wow. And I think this year we're going to see more of that. But my point is, he's also committed to getting better. Like, he's not sitting around, you know, relaxing. He's literally working on his game. And from what I've heard, I think they're going to have that camp again this year where these guys come in. And it may be more quarterbacks involved, but I'm looking forward to to checking it out and and going out there maybe for a day to see what's happening because these guys are putting in the work, man. And Deshaun, you know, was one of those things last year. Nobody kind of knew what was going on with him. And Justin has known him for years. He's like, come on, let's, let's work. So I think he does take a jump. And that's why I feel like Deshaun Watson is also going to be a lot better uh, this year. He was just rusty, man. He it, it showed it, and we'll see how it plays out. But I do well, like I, – I, I mean, if I go back to Justin – like, I've always loved him. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've known him longer, Carl, you know, high school days at Georgia and all that stuff. I, I But I just remember the pandemic year in the Big Ten was going to shut down football. And Justin Fields, he's the one that wrote the letter. That's like, right. Don't do that to us. We want right. to play. Like, we understand we've got to be diligent. You know, we've got to be careful. But, like, he was the, he was the guy that was going, I want to play football. Like, now, they, you know, things happen and, you know, things got turned around. But, like, he wasn't ready to sit out and play. He wants to play. I thought Chicago – I really like the staff in Chicago. I really do. I think this team – like, they look, they the, the cupboard was bare defensively. They, they added – some good draft picks, some free agency. Like, I feel like this team can compete this year much better than it has. But you're right. Justin Fields in almost every game had these wild moments. Miami, you know, Detroit. Like, I could just see the the, the plays. And I feel like – I said this before the season started last year. And I wasn't 
part of me was taking a shot at some coaches and quarterbacks that have gone through Chicago. But I said for the first time in a long time, the Bears have both a coach and a quarterback. Mm. And I feel and I and I and I'm committed to that. And I believe that you're gonna see that this year. And I think people in Chicago coming out to Soldier Field, they're gonna see a, a good product on the field. I agree. Let's talk about uh as we're talking about the you know the NFC. We said this about the Chiefs. So who's the biggest threat to the Chiefs? You said Cincinnati. Who's the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? Well, I mean, Dallas is always going to be there. I just am not as high. Like, I think Dallas's defense is going to be really good. I mean, they're, they're going to be – Micah's going to have his best season. Stephon Gilmore makes a difference. Mozzie – do you think Dan was smart? Do like you think Dan Quinn, real quick, do you think Dan Quinn uses him exclusively on the edge? He's already come out and said he's not. Although, okay. you know, his, his the, the number of edge plays in year two versus year one was almost twice as many. Mm. So I think he's going to play him and move him around. It, like I've, I've said to Micah, and I've said publicly, like it makes no sense for Micah to be out covering slot receivers. You know, it just doesn't. Like, like he can do it, but it makes no sense for him to walk out. Like let somebody else walk out. But you know, from the inside linebacker position, like his ability to to blitz, beat running backs, and pass protection, get to the quarterback, like it's unmatched. But I believe he's going to be mostly on the edge. But they, they should be very good defensively. I just don't believe in the offense. I got to see what McCarthy looks like, what he does. Like I don't believe this team is as good without Zeke. Now, you can say anything you want about Zeke about, okay, the production's down, all this stuff. That's true. But he's a great football player, and he's a great teammate. And I and, he, and there was a great one-two punch with him and Pollard. So Pollard's coming back from an injury. I don't know who number two is. Maybe it's five foot five Deuce Vaughn. But i got to see what a five foot five running back. I've seen one of them in my lifetime, Darren Sproles, that could do it yeah. on, on some level. I haven't. He's the only one that I can really say they could really play. Like I, Maybe Deuce is a great story. I got to see if he can really help the offense. They lose Dalton Schultz. He was a really good player. Like, you know, he, and so maybe Ferguson and, you know, what they have there can, can kind of patch together. I, I got to see if Brandon Cooks fits in with Dak and how he changes things, if he does. So I just got to see if this offense is going to be a really explosive offense is against San Francisco and against Philly and against the better teams in the conference because – if they get to the postseason again, they're going to see those teams again. And they got to score more points than they are. So before we get out of here, Baldy, I got to ask you about a schedule that you said is probably one of the weakest you've seen. Yes. Um, my alter ego on my uh, show here in Atlanta is Nostradukas. And Nostradukas predicts and looks ahead. Yeah. And a lot of times, Nostradukas has been right. And so – when the schedule came out, uh, my alter ego said this team is going to win seven or ten games, be ten and seven, and I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons. So, schedule comes out. Tell me why you think this is not only maneuverable, but also why it's one of the easiest that you've seen in a very long time. Well, I mean, okay, look, I, just let's go through it, Carl. I mean, the first two games are at home, right? Okay, against Carolina with Bryce Young, all right, making his NFL debut. Maybe he's you know, the next coming week one, but generally it takes a little bit of time. 
And then they played Green Bay with Jordan Love at home. So we don't believe that Green Bay is made for prime time right now. Maybe Jordan Love proves us all wrong. You know, we, we, there are two unproven quarterbacks to this point that they see week one. Okay, then they go on the road and they play at Detroit and at Jacksonville. Okay, both improved teams, um, but not like they are can't be that they're invincible at this point, you know. And then you get Houston and Washington at home, <laughs> and nobody thinks that Houston is made for prime time yet. Yep. And Washington, like you look at these quarterbacks and you go, okay, unproven quarterbacks in all these situations, and they're coming to their place to start the season. Then you go to Tampa with an unproven quarterback situation, you know, same thing. And you go, you'll go to Tennessee and who knows who's playing quarterback there in Tennessee. And you, then you get Minnesota at home. You go to Arizona, like the schedule, <laughs> like, you know, you, you look at the quarterbacks, you look at the teams around them. Yeah. And you go, I don't know, Atlanta, if they just do nothing but hand the ball off to B. John. Exactly. They win these games, you know? So, and you keep going on and on. You just don't see a difficult stretch at any point during the season. They finish on the road at Chicago and at New Orleans. Like, there isn't Kansas City. There isn't Philadelphia. There isn't the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're right. not on the schedule. Like, they, they've got, and it, you know, like all these. Like, I remember the year, Carl, 1998, you know, they, they had uh, – um, Jamal Anderson, you know, it was the, it was the dirty birds. Yeah. And Dan Reeves and they caught fire and nobody saw it coming. And it went all the way to the Super Chris Chandler was quarterback. Like they went all the way to the Super Bowl. Like you can see this team in that city. Okay. Starved for some kind of winner. Catching fire. And also they're five and one and catching fire. And all of a sudden Mercedes Benz Dome becomes a, you know, a place to go to on Sundays for the first time in forever. Like, I can see that team stacking wins and people getting excited with that schedule. And who knows the confidence level that grows with a lot of young players, Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan. Who knows? They don't know what they don't know. But if they're winning games and the confidence is high, they can't wait to get to the practice field. Like, I can see that team, like, making a noise early this season. I agree. Uh, Nostradukas agrees as well. Um, and, and the crazy thing is no primetime games. So you don't have to maneuver Sunday night, Thursday night, um, because the leagues change, right? No, you're not guaranteed those games anymore. And then, you know, I just look at Ryan Nielsen's the new DC. So he came over from new Orleans. He was the D line coach. A lot of people I've spoken with said, listen, great teacher. He's going to teach. He's going to help the young guys. But then you got some older vets now in Calais Campbell, yeah. Bud Dupree. And you spent all the money on the defense. Yeah. So to your point, playing a lot of these young quarterbacks or unproven quarterbacks with the guy that came from New Orleans, he was there. And, and for those who don't know, Sean Payton wanted to hire Ryan Nielsen as his defensive coordinator in Denver. But he hadn't taken the job yet. So – the Falcons Ooh. jump in oh. because the because the general manager and Terry Fontenot had a relationship with Ryan Nielsen when he was at New Orleans. Yeah. And so they get him, and Sean Payton wanted to bring him to Denver, but he didn't have he didn't do it because he couldn't do it because they hired him. So That's he's well, he's well thought of, highly, highly thought of as far as a defensive mind. And I just get I use that baldy to just say the defense is gonna be better. It's gonna be better. And I'm not telling you it's top five or 
but you know you don't have to be. You turn people over, you get off the field when you need to, when you need to, and you give the offense the ball, and then you've got Arthur Smith who's going to have run control, game control, clock. You're right. This is a dangerous situation that they could find themselves in by week eight. Maybe they're six and two, you know, and and you're looking at this team completely different. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I got them at 10 and seven, and I got them in the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, I think there's probably just one playoff team from the NFC South and probably 10 wins probably gets it done. I mean, last year they put a team in without a winning record, you know, that made the playoffs. I mean, it's just where that division is right now. Yeah, uh, I'm sure people think uh, the New Orleans Saints, you know, could certainly make that jump this year. And, and I don't think there's anybody in Carolina that if Bryce Young doesn't become, you know, an instant star, like they can't turn things around as well. So, I mean, it, the division should be a lot better. But to me, it sets up where Atlanta could, you know, could win this thing right now just from the scheduling standpoint. And, uh, you know, which which would be great for Atlanta, you know, with uh, with. Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank and uh, you know the city of Atlanta could be could be a real a lot of fun. No doubt about it, Baldy. We got a lot to talk about this offseason. It's going to be fun, man. We yeah. hope you guys not only like like the uh, show, but also make sure that you uh, follow us. Uh, new podcasts come out every Tuesday, Thursday, and we we talk about any and everything. And we'll start to do some deep dives into some teams too, because I know there's some fan bases going, "Hey, you guys are, talk, are talking about our teams." Okay. Um, but we'll do some of that because I know there are some fan bases. I've I've heard from people being like, "Hey, you and Baldy, you can you guys talk about this team?" All and, right. And, and, and we'll uh, do let some me of make that. this pledge, Carl. Let me make this pledge to the fans, and we appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. We're here twice a week, every week. My, sometimes breaking news could be three times a week. But I, I always take this approach, Carl. I treat all 32 teams the same. Yes. I don't have favorites. I know Dallas gets a lot of the attention media-wise. I, I get all that. But I, I really try to do my very best to treat all 32 of these teams the same. They all deserve it. They all have a fan base. They all have Hall of Famers. They all have a history. Like, I want to give all 32 teams, like, equal attention as, as much as I possibly can. That's awesome. And we will do that. By the way, we will talk about the commanders being sold. It's something we haven't spent time on, but it is a big deal in the NFL when any team gets sold and it's a record amount. And we're going to talk about what that means for for that team and that fan base coming up. Um, But it's good for the league. So make sure you subscribe in the huddle, wherever you get your podcast. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. We appreciate you guys being here. Everybody have a great day. Baldy, we'll talk soon. You got it, Carl.